0: If you want to go beyond the rink and into the dressing room, there's only one place to be, the Hockeyverse, with your hosts, Michael Trekos and Johnny Legend.
1: All right, let's get into this. In what is looking like another back and forth series of blowout wins, does anyone really know what to expect out of game three between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning? Well, there is one constant. Andre Vasilevsky looks human. Yeah, the guy who is considered the quote-unquote best goalie in the world hasn't been the best goalie in these playoffs. The way the Leafs have been pumping goals by him, he's looking more like some Friday night beer league goalie. In game one, Vasi gave up three goals. In game two, he refused to be pulled and ended up on the hook for seven goals. That's 10 goals in two games. And lest you think this is some small sample size, consider this. Going back to last year's playoffs, the Leafs have scored now 32 goals in 9 games against the Vezina Trophy winner. That works out to be about 3.55 goals per game. 3.55. And it's nearly a goal more than what he averaged during the regular season. Then again, it shouldn't be surprising. Vasi had a 3.06 goals against average against the Leafs this year. So, while the Leafs can expect that Tampa will punch back and that Vasi will probably be a lot better than he was in game two. They should also be confident that they can put goals by them, like a lot of them. And as long as Samsonov can hold Tampa to under three goals per game, which again is no small feat, the Leafs still hold the edge in the series and they hold the edge in that. At least we think they do. Agree, disagree. Well, We'll dig into that and more on our post-game reaction episode of the Hockeyverse.
0: You just found the world's latest and greatest sports, entertainment, and hockey podcast. This is the Hockeyverse. On today's episode, we recap game two between the Leafs and the Lightning, and we look ahead to what is now a best-of-five series with both teams heading to Tampa, by the way, check out our show notes for timestamps if you want to fast forward to your favorite part. Also, if you want to be on an episode like this one, email your questions to heyhockeyverse at gmail.com. Now it's off to Tampa Bay for
1: game three. Let's go. Hell of a bounce back game in game two there, Johnny. Beautiful, beautiful game. So well, Toronto crapped the bed in game one. Mm-hmm. You could argue that Tampa crapped the bed in game two or you know, Toronto just answered back, but... Do we know what to expect in game three? I think um, you're going
0: to, you can expect the Tampa Bay is going to come out on fire. So the Leafs got to be ready for that. But I think if they play like they played tonight, they'll be just fine.
1: So Victor Hedman, I'm going to guess he's going to be playing in game three. And I think that was a big, big difference maker for the lightning, not having Hedman, not having Eric Chernak, both out with injuries, uh, both sustained in game one. At the same time, I don't care who's healthy or not on Tampa Bay's roster. The way that you know, John Tavares played, the way that Mitch Marner played, William Nylander, Morgan Riley, go down the list. The, the best players for the Leafs were the best players in that game. And that is a recipe for success. Whether you're playing Tampa, whether you're playing Colorado, Edmonton, New York, whoever, if, if the Toronto Maple Leafs get that sort of play out of their star players, this is a team that could probably win a Stanley cup.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. And they came out and they didn't let Tampa push them around. And that was the main thing, right? Took Corey Perry right out of the equation, took Pat Maroon right out of the equation, just by scoring that goal 40 seconds in.
1: And we talked about Mark Giordano in game one, how, you know, unmarked Giordano he was like, this guy is a rock on defense, And the reason the Leafs got him is because of that veteran presence. And he's been there, done that. He looked awful in game one, as did everyone, but Mark Giordano particularly looked like a guy who, never mind the playoff experience, he he looked like a guy who'd never been in the playoffs. And game two, he's dropping the gloves, he's fighting Zach Bogosian, really set a tone in my mind. How did you think that really played for the rest of the game?
0: Oh, that was huge. He was throwing punches with everything he had, and he landed them too, because Zach Bogosian is a gorilla. (laughs)
1: I don't want to fight. I don't (laughs) want to fight Zach Bogosian. I don't want to fight Tanner Janot. And I probably don't want to fight Corey Perry and the Leafs, you know, engaged in fights with all three guys. Mm -hmm. And
0: how about, how about Connor Janot after getting tuned up by Luke Shen? Didn't even look like he had a mark on his face. What's he made out of?
1: Well, his, he had a mark on his knuckles. (laughs) His knuckles
0: were toast, but.
1: And Shen left the, the ice to get repairs and. Yeah, you know, good on Jen for standing in there and delivering some nasty Lev hooks. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, though. Janot didn't look like uh, he'd even got into a fight when if you just look at his face.
0: Yeah. And then he was going to fight Yellow Shirt Guy looking for uh, Curious George there in the crowd.
1: Yeah. Yellow Hoodie Guy is now the new, is he the <laughs> new Dart Guy, you said? <laughs> the new Dart Guy. I love it.
0: I don't know. I do you think, what do you think? Do you think the fans will embrace Yellow Shirt Guy or they're kind of embarrassed of him?
1: I'm embarrassed of him. Mm but that that's just me like any i get it you're passionate you're at a game you get a little pops in you and you you think you're invincible and now you're going to fight like the toughest guy in the Tampa Bay Lightning like buddy like where is your brain at mm-hmm. like, well if you if you look back
0: even to go back to the New Jersey game when the fans littered the ice with beer cans and then in Edmonton and now fans are trying to get in the face of guys in the penalty, but like, what's going on? There used to be a, a huge separation between the fans and the game. Now it seems like the fans want to get into the game.
1: It's COVID man. Oh, you know, we watched hockey in a bubble for like two years. Now yeah. this is like they're, they're <laughs> fans are allowed back out and they're spending like, I don't know how much tickets are going for, but they're ridiculous. And that's the other thing you get this yellow hoodie guy got kicked out of the game. Like, how does that even happen?
0: Well, not just that. Those are $2,000 seats. Yeah. Just, just
1: <laughs> brainless. And what, what was he going to do? If he, could, if he could actually have gotten into the penalty box, what, does he think that he can handle Tanner Janot? You know
0: what would have been awesome? If while he was banging on the glass, they just lifted up that pane of glass in the penalty box and he was face to face with Connor Janot.
1: Yeah. It would have it <laughs> been like Ty Domi that I time in Philly.
0: Yeah. I would have paid two grand just to see the look on his face.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> Well, then he's filing a lawsuit and trying to take all (laughs) all of Tyner Janot's money, right? Mm. All right. So we got to talk about John Tavares. Oh, Johnny T. You know, you can make the argument that this guy is overpaid. Um, I don't think you can make the argument that he's um, underrated. Like he he is a superstar playing for the biggest market in the NHL. But is he, by Toronto standards, underappreciated, John? Because, you know... When you go down the list of Toronto Maple Leafs and their value to the team, I don't know where Tavares ranks uh, heading into the playoffs, but I I would have had him below Matthews, Marner, Nylander, probably Riley, maybe even Samsonov. And this guy's the captain of the team, and you know, for game two, he put the team on his shoulders, so to speak, and gets his first playoff hat trick long overdue but that's what you expected of your captain yeah well that's why he's the captain right what What do you make of John Tavares are you in that where were you in the camp of like when he signed that deal with the Leafs and uh you knew who they had you mm-hmm. knew where they were going this is it's not like the he came there when they were just rebuilding like they were already a team on the rise had already been to the playoffs had lost to the Bruins did you think they needed him at the time or do you think that was uh, the right move at the time?
0: Yeah, because they didn't have a captain. Remember how, how many seasons did they have no captain? I think since Dion Phaneuf, right? Mm-hmm. So they needed a captain and they needed a guy that was capable of captaining the team of the
1: Hockeyverse. Yeah. Right. And
0: that's not that's not a that's no short order to be the captain of the Leafs. Look at what it did to Phaneuf.
1: Yeah. And I, and I don't know if John Tavares has received his due. Like it's a, it's a difficult one. Like he's not a captain in the Doug Gilmore mold or in the Wendell Clark mold. Um, He's not going to scrap. He's not going to throw any hits at the same time. He's not a Matt Sundin also where, you know, uh, on a moment's notice, Matt Sundin could just take over a game. I don't think that's John Tavares anymore. Might've been, you know, a few years ago. I think right now he has to play with good players. I don't think he can carry a line all by himself. Not, not to discredit him but this was the kind of game you needed out of him like and it wasn't perimeter play it wasn't he was scoring goals from you know outside of the hash marks or anything like that like he was going in the dirty areas and full credit to him because that, that's what you needed uh, You're you're going up against andre vasilevsky and i said off the hop that vasilevsky hasn't looked like vasilevsky well the leafs are making it really difficult for him to look like vasilevsky because they're all over the place.
0: And John Tavares is a big part of that in front of the net. He's a, he's like a master in front of the net.
1: Yeah. He doesn't get enough credit for no. you know, going into those dirty areas. And, and I think below the goal line or below the hash marks, this guy is probably one of the better players in the league.
0: And John Tavares is John Tavares. You know exactly what he's going to do. You know exactly what you're going to get.
1: Yeah. It's not going to go not there, It's not
0: going to go too far below his average and it's not going to go too far above. He's nice and steady point yeah. of game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You gotta admit, yeah, he's been pretty consistent over his career. Yeah. At the same time, Austin Matthews now two goals in. Or sorry, two games in, no goals. Two games in, no goals. But maybe the best
0: shot of the series so far. Right well, off the right off the melon.
1: Yeah. Like he, he doesn't beat Vasilevsky. And I think going down the wing, we were talking about it after the first intermission that he hadn't he probably had nothing to shoot at. He's thinking, okay, well, the angles are all covered. I'm not going to score here. I could either put it off his pads and hope for a rebound or maybe send a message.
0: Yeah. He sent him a 90 mile an hour text message right to his forehead.
1: And we were saying again, like at at that time, you know, that doesn't go in and maybe nothing comes of it, but throughout the game, you got to think Vasilevsky is thinking, I don't want to get hit in the head again. And does he, does that affect his play? Because again, seven goals on Vasilevsky. And I know last year he didn't look good as well. I think the Leafs pumped five goals, past him one game, four goals, another game. I think his average last season in that first round, aside from game seven, he, he was the worst goaltender out of him and Jack Campbell. And I don't know what it is about the Leafs, but maybe it's just, they got so many offensive weapons that doesn't matter who's in that now.
0: Well, they figured out that you can go blocker side on him, and you can, you can screen him.
1: So a a little change in lines, a big change, actually, when you think about it, Uh, taking Ryan O'Reilly off that second line with Tavares and Nylander, throwing him on a line with Matthew Nyes, who comes into the game because Michael Bunting is out with a suspension. Uh, That third line now includes O'Reilly, Achari, and Nyes. I, I, I like that line. I thought they should have probably started the series with that line. Michael Bunting now is gone for two more games. Um, he's not going to be available until what game? Game game four. Game four? No, game five. No, he's through game four,
0: so game five. Yeah, yeah. but I think
1: uh, is he does he does he see the ice? I don't think so. I, I guess not. It, it'll, not it'll, unless something happens. Yeah, it's going to depend on like what happens. Mm. And you know, Matthew Nyes wasn't like perfect. Obviously, he took some penalties. I wouldn't really quibble with any of the calls because I thought they were. It's not like he, I thought some of the the slashing calls were kind of ticky tacky, but I, I really like nice on that third line. I, I like how you know, it's just a different look right now for the Leafs.
0: Those guys were buzzing around the net all night. All three of them, all three of them at the same time, crashing Vasilevsky that had to have an effect too, right? I mean, that's got to, that's got to weigh on. That's got to tire them out at the very least.
1: Yeah. And you know, we talked about this also that Michael Bunting is a UFA mm-hmm. and he's basically making entry level contract money right now, which is great, great value for a guy who scored 20 goals this year, 20 goals the year before, uh draws a hell of a lot of penalties, so I'm not going to say that the Leafs um that, that he has no value to the Leafs or anything, but he's probably not going to get signed. He's mm. not going to get it's not because he's the next Nazem Kadri and he's kind of suspended his way out of the city he's not getting signed because he's probably going to be asking for maybe three to $4 million, maybe even $5 million depending on uh, what's out there on the Mm -hmm. open market. So in my mind, he's already that this, this was his last season in Toronto. Now that you got nice and now that Michael Bunting has gotten himself into some suspension trouble, I, I don't think that the Leafs can go back to him.
0: No, I, well, they, they got no room for him. First of all, and uh, we like immediately when he got suspended, you're like, oh, he just Nazem cadreed his way out of town. But then if you think about it, he just acimed himself out of town. Exactly. Right? Nice of the Leafs to develop players for the rest of the league though, eh? Yeah.
1: Well <laughs> the, the, nice of the coyotes to develop a guy for Toronto as mm. well. Like I, I don't understand what the coyotes were thinking and letting him go because yeah, you see it right now. Like, like a guy like Michael Bunting is great to have because Mm -hmm. he just drives you crazy. But at the same time, if he he's going to get himself in trouble and you know, I thought it was a one game suspension. I was surprised maybe two games. I would have been like, okay, fine. That's harsh. But a three game suspension is basically the equivalent of like a six game suspension in the regular season. I don't, I don't know if it warranted that. Well, if we listen
0: back to a couple episodes ago, somebody did say three game suspension.
1: Who said that? You said three games. eh? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> now, was it because Chernak was hurt? And yeah. It just seemed
0: yeah, like. Yeah, I figured, I figured that the suspension would double the games that he was expected to miss, right?
1: So if the Leafs win, you could say like, okay, good on Michael Bunting because you took out a top four defenseman mm-hmm. in Chernak. At the same time, you never see, like to see guys hurt, but. No. It, the good news for the Leafs is that you got the depth. Mm-hmm. And maybe a couple years ago, or at least when Kadri got suspended, you didn't have that depth. Kadri goes out and you just didn't have another guy to step in and do the kind of things that Kadri could do. No. Bunting goes out and now Callie Arncrook, uh takes a spot on the top line. And I think Cali is better suited for that spot versus a third line shutdown type of role. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this one actually makes a lot of sense because now you can bring in Nyes, who's another big body, goes to the net. I think he's going to make an impact, a positive impact in the next couple of games, um, especially in game three when there's so much line matching going yeah. on. I, I can see that O'Reilly, Noel Achari, and Matthew Nye's line being really instrumental to what the Leafs are going to be doing mm-hmm. in terms of the line matching. So,
0: well, you see what happened. They shut down that Corey Perry line and it was a totally different game.
1: Corey Perry, the Leaf killer. Yep. That's a guy that the Leafs need to sign next up the summer. I don't care how old he's getting. Yeah, just so they don't have to play against him. Yeah, so sign him and put him <laughs> in the minors if you want. Just, <laughs> I mean, what's four years in a row? He's killing the Leafs. Just ridiculous.
0: Like he's the one that put. Uh, he was on Montreal when he put Tavares out for the. Yeah, playoffs. the knee right? of the head, yeah. and
1: you know. So last year he goes to the final, loses. The year before he goes to the final. Um, loses again. And the year before that, he goes to the final, loses three straight years now. He's gone <laughs> to the final and lost. So it's, it's almost like a kiss of death is having Corey Perry on your team, but at least you get to the final.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what everybody's looking for in uh, the hockey verse, right? Is second round. See what that looks like. Yeah. What's it like to play hockey when it's warm outside?
1: It's uh, it's, it's, great. it's great to cover <laughs> hockey when it's warm. It's, yeah. I'll tell you that much. It's Although little- it is kind of weird though, going to the game in Tampa. I remember going, well, I remember like it happened uh, a year ago. You go to the game and you're wearing your suit and everything and you're just sweating balls. Then you get into the arena and it's like you're going into an ice cooler and it's like the worst feeling. Like ew, you're soaking wet and then all of a sudden you're freezing. Mm-hmm. So, but I'll take that over just watching on TV. Yeah, for sure. All right. Morgan Riley. Yeah. Let's talk about Morgan Riley here.
0: Killer game last night.
1: Yeah. And it's looked like the Morgan Riley of old Mm -hmm. and he was dealing with some injuries this year. Um, Obviously wasn't himself. I I would argue that he was probably their second or third best defenseman, maybe even their fourth best defenseman by the end of it. Just the way that it was shaken up and by Riley standards. But he came out. Like like I said, everyone came out. Mitch Marner had a great game. Tavares had a great game. Nylander had a great game. Samson off Go down the list. But Morgan Riley, four assists. If he can play like that, that is a huge, huge benefit for the Leafs. Because they really don't have a Kale McCarr. They don't have an Adam Fox. They don't have that quote-unquote stud number one D. The closest they have is Riley. And mm-hmm. he's never going to confuse himself for a Kale McCarr. But when he's at his best, he's playing himself onto a Team Canada roster and some Norris trophy consideration. And we saw it last night. Like this guy is a guy who flipped a switch and yeah, was back to his old self. Yeah. I think Luke Shen
0: having Luke Shen as his partner really helps. Cause he knows that, uh-huh. uh, that he can pinch, he can go in, he can do some extra stuff and Luke Shen's going to be solid back there. He's going to play his position. He's going to do what he's supposed to do. He's not going to get cute and uh, hang Morgan out to dry. Uh-huh. So he can be a little bit more creative, right?
1: You, were you surprised that uh, Sheldon Keefe didn't make any changes to the back end? Because they changed some stuff up front. And I think a lot of us were wondering, does Hall go out in exchange for Lilligren? You, you were mentioning Eric Gustafson is also in the press box right now. There's two options there. The defense was just atrocious, whether it was Jake McCabe or Giordano in game one, Hall in game one. Really, only the guys that were looking good in game one were probably Shen and Riley. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised that Keefe just rolled out the same six guys?
0: Well, I did initially say that because Hall had a horrible game, but the thing was everybody had a horrible game and you can't change all four of them. So maybe he was just thinking, you know what? Let's see what happens this game. And if I can single somebody out, they're out, right? But everybody played awesome in the second game. Even Hall got into it with Corey Perry, which was probably not the best decision for his, uh, the future of the look of his face, but he got through it.
1: Yeah. And that's... I just like the balance. Like you mentioned the Shen Riley balance where you've got one guy who moves the puck and can skate up the ice and the other guy who, you know, is just going to be hanging back the whole time. And I think Hall, um, who is it? Is it Hall Giordano? Yeah. That's one where actually I I, I could see Lilligan replacing Hall just because then you have the puck mover with the, the stay at home guy. And, um, but at the same time, Hall's killing penalties.
0: Yeah, and, and I I don't think he wanted to sacrifice, you know, sacrifice the the solid defense for another another free wheeler, right?
1: We're talking solid defense and Hall in the same sentence here.
0: Well, I mean, better than having a guy trapped. <laughs> at least he can at least he can fall down and get in the way.
1: There were a lot of people like just losing their minds over Lilligren not being there. It's, it reminds me of the whole when Jake Gardner uh, was in the lineup when we saw those hashtags. Free Jake Gardner. Hmm. Because Lilligren's a top, he's a first round pick. I I thought he was looking great last year and this year he was looking good up into a point and then the Leafs got all these guys on the back end and all of a sudden Lilligren's odd man out. And I I still think he's going to play in these playoffs. Um, It might take one more loss, but yeah, the fact that Toronto has eight NHL caliber defensemen you, trust me you're going to see i think you're going to see all eight of them at some point during these oh playoffs. yeah the, you, especially if toronto goes deep
0: you can't make it i think the most surprising thing is is that that's two games and nobody's got hurt yet are
1: you knocking on wood here or
0: i'm knocking on wood
1: there you go <laughs> yeah and, and it, it's two games no one's got hurt and it's two games where vasilevsky is looking like not vasilevsky <laughs> i don't yeah. know what to say about him
0: we kind of mentioned that though. Remember, I I I, t- I talked about it in a few few podcasts ago. The Vasilevsky's not really the Vasilevsky is old. He didn't scare you going into the series, no. Because the Leafs got him figured out like you said, how many goals in the last two years? A lot of right? goals. Right? 30 goals, 30 something goals. So and probably more than anybody else in that amount of games.
1: When you're talking about a guy who's gone to three state straight uh, cup finals and he's allowed he's basically against the Leafs, he's averaging three three and a half goals per game something doesn't make sense there.
0: Mm-hmm. And what's he, he's only like what four wins off the all time playoff wins record for a goalie behind Broder there.
1: And, and refuses to leave games. Mm. Like that, that was weird. someone was saying is, is John Cooper, does he even have control of this team if he's not allowed to pull Vasilevsky out? And I think that that's kind of like a weird comment to make because I'm sorry, the reason why Vasilevsky is a number one and the best goalie in the world, and he's still the best goalie in the world. I don't care what Toronto's doing against him. I'm I'm sorry, like this guy's still a top dog. The reason why is because he wants to be in the net and he wants to battle and he, whether he lets in four goals, five goals, or seven goals, or how, however many goals, he doesn't want to leave the net and he wants to continue to be there. And that's the scary thing is the fact that Leafs pumped seven goals on him and he got humiliated, embarrassed, and he's gonna be pissed off going into game three. So well, even when it was six
0: six one, he was still making highlight saves. Yeah. Right? There was no quit. And he didn't, he didn't let in. I don't remember seeing a bad goal.
1: No softies. No, and everything was earned. So that's the positive you're a Leaf fan is that you're getting to Vasilevsky and it's not because Vasilevsky is playing poorly. It's just that the offense is just so mm-hmm. good. Like we see the shot from Marner. He waits for the D to provide his own screen uh, against Vasilevsky. We saw the shots from Nylander again, just patience and just putting it in the right spot. So you yeah you nailed it right there, Johnny. It's just like this team, this Toronto team, can score in bunches, and they can make a guy like Vasilevsky look very ordinary.
0: But now we've also seen in two games in a row, one for each team, how important a quick goal. Yeah, how important a quick goal is in a playoff game.
1: So what are you expecting at a game three? Like, uh, do you have what's the feeling like? Do you think it's going to go a little back and forth here, like we saw seven? 7-3 7-3 game one for Tampa, 7-2 game two for Toronto. Is it going back? Is this going to be one of those seesaw series where, you know, one team blows out the other and this teak turns or are we going to see more of a, is this the one nothing 2-1 kind of grind?
0: That's what I think. I think the next game, I think both teams have figured out, holy crap, we're in the playoffs now uh-huh. and they all know it now. Boring hockey? Yeah. They're gonna it, they're gonna be fighting for everybody's gonna be fighting for every inch they can get. In game three.
1: I I, th- I think you're right. I think game three is just gonna be, like I said, it, it's gonna be a defensive game. I wouldn't I, be I surprised if it goes to overtime. I wouldn't be surprised if there's no penalties. Mm. Yeah, overtime, maybe a double overtime. But th- this one could be the one where you're going, geez, game three was the one where that that was the series defining game there.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, how about call a on Kucherov? Like, can he do no wrong or what?
1: I love Kucherov. <laughs> <laughs> he laid out Mitch Marner with a hit. Like, yeah. I love to see that of a star player that you just don't expect to to be throwing like hits. And I think Meyer was a little surprised because normally he can evade that kind of stuff. I think he saw Kucherov. He's like, oh, he's probably going for a puck. And then all of a sudden he just lowers the boom.
0: Well, when Matthews had that monster collision, who do you think was more surprised? Matthews or the guy he hit?
1: Yeah. Well, Matthews, (laughs) he does do that though. Like you look at the numbers this year, I think he was number one or two on the team in hits.
0: Really? Yeah. Well, no, Shen was number
1: one in the league. Well, okay. Well, this is prior to Shen going on the team. Yeah. Cause you know, Shen spent most of his, Mm -hmm. uh, the year in Vancouver, but Yes. I don't know how they measure hits. I think actually I was talking to a guy at the NHL who does stats and he says, a hit is t- uh, technically if you stop the forward momentum of the puck carrier.
0: Well, that's what, that's so what just it's basically getting I, in the way of them. That's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be separating the player from the puck, right?
1: Yeah. And usually you think separating the player from the puck, you think of uh, Wendell Clark taking a guy's head off mm-hmm. or, or Scott Stevens or something, but it can be as simple of i just stepped in front of you almost like a basketball like a block or something
0: Mm -hmm. yeah those guys they didn't just separate you from the puck they separated you from your senses
1: yeah so players are getting a little smarter now they just as long as they get in the way of a lane um it can it's considered a hit but yeah i think we're, we're in for a nasty series like three fights in game two obviously the scoreboard uh dictated a lot of the rough stuff but um, now might be a time to kind of say to Wayne, Sim- Wayne Simmons, "Hey, uh, <laughs> warm up there, bud, because we might need you.
0: Well, I saw Don Cherry posted a tweet after game one picture of Wayne Simmons said, where's this guy?
1: Yeah. And you know what? They didn't have Wayne Simmons, but they had the spirit of Wayne Simmons mm. in game two, because like you said, the fact that Justin Hall was dropping it with Corey Perry, uh, Shen dropping it. Um, with Tanner Jano and yeah Giordano and Bagosian again. Bagosian is not an easy customer to face. Well,
0: they didn't pick their
1: spots yesterday, did they? No, they weren't fighting <laughs> let's like Eagle or something like that. Let's go grab three of the toughest guys on the team and fight them. Well, I can't wait for Game Three, and mm. I, you know you, you gotta have to come back to the hockey verse. We're gonna be talking about it. We're gonna be talking about the whole series here. So, um, thanks again for listening into the hockey verse for this post game recap of game two and a look ahead to game three as always you can check out hockeyverse.com for the latest stories on the leafs the league and more while you're there sign up for the newsletter it's free follow us on facebook and twitter i'm at michael underscore trichos minus the blue check mark thanks elon and johnny is at i'm johnny legend i am I always say I am like A. There's no, no A in there. That, that
0: was the one I got locked out of.
1: Yeah, so I' 15 it, it,
0: years old. Okay. I couldn't so, get in.
1: <laughs> so Johnny's at I'm Johnny Legend. And for Johnny Legend, I'm Michael Trikos. And until next time, see you at the rink. Thank you for listening to the Hockey Verse. If you enjoyed this show, please share the
0: love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing the Hockey Verse to your friends and family. Also, be sure to check out thehockeyburst.com. While you're there, sign up for our newsletter. It's specifically written for you, the Die Hard Hockey fan. From insider news to opinion and analysis, our NHL focused newsletter will entertain and equip you for the conversations of the day. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is the Hockeyverse.